0: Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast for the week of January nine, two 2023. Alongside Hunter Pulaski and Petoski, I am Peter Garber in Chicago. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoski. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In this week's episode, what a Sunday it was. Morikawa collapses, ROM triumphs. Hunter and I will dig into it really a tough, a wild thing to process on a Sunday afternoon on the golf course. Mark. Howell was up by seven strokes and uh, couldn't pull it out. We've got some updates from the live tour. Some positive, some maybe not so much. We'll dig into those. Tell you what it means. want to talk about last night's national championship. Who isn't talking about last night's national championship this week after a crazy result. Um, I was glad to finally actually get a bowl game, right? If that counts as a bowl game, uh, what it, meant for Michigan fans and what it meant for maybe Tom Hoagie backers as we look forward to the Sony Open. Hoagie was in attendance last night, big TCU guy, Um, uh, and obviously playing really well in the field this week for the Sony Open, one of the better players in the field this week as we remain in Hawaii and go to Wildlife Country Club. Uh, Great event in the early going of the PGA Tour season, so a full preview and some picks for that as well. U.S. Open venue set, through 2029 so hunter will give us that list as well some new venues added to the list to get us through the next seven years so first hunter though we got to get into that century tournament of champions Uh what do you make of the fact that this is now two this is twice in the past year less than that where morikawa has lost a really substantial lead on a sunday uh before it was the first time it was five strokes he was up by 7 halfway through the round on Sunday by 7 i mean the leaderboard was almost awkward to look at it was like the leaderboard last night in the or, uh Monday night in the Georgia TCU game so what do what do you make of Morikawa you know kind of giving that tournament away in that moment
1: uh it's not great it's absolutely not great i don't uh i don't really know what to make of it because <laughs> There was some – from going from playing some extremely dominant golf for for 61 holes. For 61 holes, he was 24 under par, and for the last 11 holes, he was two over par.
0: He got to 27, I think.
1: Is that as high as he got?
0: I think he got all the way to 27, I think. And I know if, he's He shot three under on the front. Didn't he tee off at 24?
1: That I'm not. Uh, I'm not positive. I
0: could. I think he was up by seven. I think it was twenty-seven twenty. It was something like that. May might have been twenty-six nineteen. That's way ahead. It got to, I can it got count on nine. one hand how many times I've ever seen anybody ahead by that many strokes on a Sunday in a PJ Tour event. Tiger at Pebble, Rory at Congressional. There's. It doesn't really happen that often, and they never blow it.
1: No, I think you have to be playing a golf course like this to be able to blow a lead like that, to like allow to allow John Rahm to go score. Because there's earth. so
0: many birdies. You
1: yeah, I don't think this happens on uh, a course that maybe has a little more teeth to it. Maybe Colin never gets to that lead in the first place.
0: Not gonna happen at at the U.S. Open at Wingfoot in 2028.
1: Unlikely. Seems unlikely they're gonna they're gonna sniff the the mid twenties at uh, at Wingfoot.
0: See, I, I don't know. There's two sides to that coin because I hear you and I acknowledge that, and at the same time, you'd say, "How could he possibly make three bogeys in a row on that golf course?" He was the only player who made three bogeys in a row all week,
1: or and it was it was in a uh, a stretch of the golf course that. Seemed like everyone else was playing just fine. Everyone just
0: beats. You, that just, you goal just saw like circle. You get To the circle, last circle. eight holes or whatever, it's like let's see if we can sh- shoot eight under. So,
1: I don't want to. I think I think Colin Colin obviously uh, collapsed. It's hard to like. It's hard to say when you shoot under par, you collapsed. But I think in this instance, it has to be like we have to give. I think we have to give more credit to John Rom than then we are discrediting Colin Morikawa. I mean, 60.
0: 60- uh, maybe so, but Morikawa, you said he shot one under. He's the second worst round of anybody in the field on Sunday. Is that, is that true? And my apologies to Ryan Brem for bringing that up. Yeah. But a couple other guys, I think, shot one under. And for only guy all week to make three bogeys in a row. I think specifically what happened was his short game really got him and he saw he chunked the he bladed the bunker shot chunked the pitch and that was kind of too much for him to overcome and he's worked so hard on his short game and his putting that maybe just the recent changes that he's made to his game didn't hold up under pressure certainly there's no way to deny that colin feels the pressure which is amazing because this guy has two major championships to his name already. Um, And for most of the week, he was putting lights out. He's also been working very hard on his putting as a new putting coach. Those changes seem to not hold up under pressure. So I I still think as you look forward for Morikawa, because we just talked about him last week when we were picking major winners and what do you make of is one of the big storylines this year can Morikawa kind of regain his form. He's one of those guys <clears throat> that sort of has built unfair expectations for himself based on the early success in his career. And then he goes out in the first event and does that. I still think as I forecast him forward, it's he seems like he'll be fine. And then to your point, during that same conversation last week, you said you thought John Rahm would be the player of the year. John Rahm has now won three of his last five events, going back to October. He won as a plus six fifty favorite, which, if you listened last week, you recall we actually considered would have been wise. It's not often you ever look at a plus six fifty in a golf tournament and think I might get to that. We thought we talked about it last week that it was a real. Uh, possibility he has not finished worse than tied for 15th since anywhere in any tournament around the world since the open championship in july um and i have this funny statistic honor that i wanted to bring up to you because it it cracked me up which is this guy has credit to michael verity on twitter if Put Rom's last 20 rounds into competitive rounds into the handicap system. What do you want to take a, a do you want to venture a guess as to what you think his handicap came out as over those 20 rounds? Um,
1: pre show I said 8.7 or something plus 8.7, but then I started to think about it, I started to think about like the rate the course ratings. And the fact that like he probably has a sixty-two or a sixty, he has a sixty-three for sure sprinkled in there. Just just yesterday or Sunday, rather. I think it's probably more like a eleven or twelve, maybe even a thirteen,
0: plus thirteen. Thirteen point seven five. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He's the plus thirteen. It's really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you watch it on TV and you think. Yeah, that guy's amazing. I mean, he's probably the best player in the world. Like, look at He hits every shot good. But it's in the context of him playing with all these other guys who are great. And then you see just how good he is, like, in the system that we use to grade ourselves in golf. And you're like, oh. So I give him a stroke a hole, and he probably beats me.
1: Well, that's really what I as mean. That's, that's, that's,
0: um... as, a, as a two, a three, a four, as a single-digit handicap.
1: Yeah, it, w- it would be a stroke a hole because, I mean, if, I'm just thinking, like, at Bayview, our rating is not even 72. I think it's, like, 70-something. So he'd actually be getting – he'd be giving the course <laughs> back, like, 15, 15 or 16 shots,
0: which would be mm. a lot. <laughs> Pretty incredible stuff from him. So uh, as we look forward on Morikawa, we do the same on Rahm. And this is going to be like – is he going to have, like, a Scheffler year? I mean, this is off to a great start. I don't know. He's he's won so much since October three out of five. Maybe he's maybe he's like burned through his wins, but I don't know. Augusta is going to be so sweet because Rory's playing great. Like Scheffler was in the mix for a lot of the week. Justin Thomas won a major last year. These guys are like kind of this shuffling shuffleboard around. The world number one seems like it's been constant for a few months where it's like it's Scheffler for a little bit and then it's Rom, and then it's Rory and it's all over. So I don't know. It's exciting. Exciting. It's a great way to kick off the year.
1: Yeah. No, and you mentioned like the burnout and that, maybe that's just, I think that's just John Rom. I don't think, I don't think burnout is in his vocabulary. He seems like he, like this is a perfect example of a, a no cut event. And he was beyond fired up to obviously he was, he was making a pretty, pretty ferocious comeback on, on Sundays that probably played a factor into it. But I do think Did you he... see
0: any of his comments about how he handled how far back he was.
1: Mm-mm. No,
0: It was really interesting to read. <clears throat> These guys are so good at like blocking things out. He said he ba- he basically stopped looking around the time he made the turn. He was like, I didn't get off to, you know, I didn't get off to the start that I wanted. I did look, uh, on the front nine, and I had a number in mind of what I felt like I needed to shoot to maybe have a chance. He said he figured Colin would get to 30, close to 30. So that's a number he had in his mind. Then it looked out of reach. And he, I remember him specifically saying, You can't think about that because that's too much for anyone to process. How far you cannot think about that while you're hitting your shot. So he said, I just decided not to look. And then I just started playing. Made the birdie on nine, ten, and then you know started rattling them off. And he said he he looked again, you know, maybe <clears throat> he started thinking about it again, maybe midway through the back nine, still handled it, you know, after thinking about it. But it was it was kind of removing that from his mind that freed him up to make those birdies and make that charge, which is it's fascinating to see inside his mind in that in that way.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, were you watching?
0: I watched as much as I could. Yeah, they, they
1: stuck it on the golf channel, didn't they? It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was something to watch between between John Rom going absolutely scorched earth, and then Colin Morikawa couldn't hit. He looked like a twelve handicap. Like he couldn't hit a seventy yard shot. He had a shot. It was on sixteen, I think. I think it was sixteen, the par five. And he had 70 yards, and there's, like, the clearest of clear false fronts. I hadn't watched 16 all week, and I saw the false front from 75 yards away. And for some reason, like, he looked like he, t- he chunked it a little bit and leaves it short, rolls it back 25 yards off the green. It's just, like, shots like that <clears throat> in that situation was was tough to see.
0: From- they were really breaking down how his his bowed wrist is, is – uh- you know, so great for his full swing ball striking, but so detrimental to his short game. And he's having to learn how to let the club get past his hands on the way forward and all this stuff. That was really, they were kind of getting specific about his, about his, uh that technique there. But I don't, I, I like, it. there's other players with bowed wrists who are good short game players. It's a different swing. I just think that, like, I think he's going to keep ascending. Because his short game's bad. I mean, it's almost bad. I think he's been in the 130s, the 150s, the one-teens, in his PGA Tour ranks and putting in his career. The four times he's been a, a top finish in the top ten in putting in a week, he has either a first or a second. Um, So, like, when he puts well, he wins. That's how great of a ball striker he is. He needs to learn better how to play shot like yeah, it's a different swing you don't pull the club back when you're hitting a 40 yard you know unless you're bryson dechambeau when you're hitting a 40 yard shot as you do when you're hitting a seven iron from the middle of the fairway i just i'm sorry but you just right
1: no i agree i think i i imagine colin was very similar to my my uh myself in my young age where i didn't think i figured you just you could just hit all the greens you don't even have to work on a short game. You, you just <laughs> you just hit the range as much as possible. And if your iron happy play... You're,
0: let's do that next. Let's do you, that next time. It's so much easier than putting.
1: If your iron play is good enough, you can just you don't, you don't have to worry about chipping and uh, long putts. All
0: right, let's touch on this live golf stuff. So I think this is interesting. If you trust Dan Rappaport now at Barstool Sports, you're going to be able to... See live golf on TV. I think on network TV, oh, maybe not network, but on on some kind of television. Let's put another little crack in my phone there. On some te- on some television channel at some point in 2023, probably pretty soon. He's in his words. One is ex- a broadcast deal is expected in the coming weeks. I think is what he said, which is a very protective way to say to make a claim like that. But that happened. There's word out that apparently they're looking to replace Greg Norman, which is specifically what Tyre and Rory have brought up. And uh what else? Another executive has left the company. So to me, this means we're trending towards a put up or shut up kind of kind of uh situation here where the wealth fund is not going to carry on losing money forever and ever. Amen. Like some, like we thought maybe they, some thought maybe they would, because it was going to be a pure sports washing enterprise or that term that kind of came into existence and then went away. Um, But what do you, what do you make of this? It feels like kind of a tipping point here for live golf a little bit. I mean, they've got a, they got a full season. They're going to play this year but they are clearly not making money and they they seem to want to
1: yeah i don't um i think you and i are on on very different sides of the spectrum when it comes to live golf needing to be on tv i think one of the live golf's biggest um pluses right now is the fact that there aren't any commercials i know that they need to make money they need to be on tv to make money but whenever whatever you see a tweet about about the the pga tour having too many commercials you instantly see a a list of replies saying, well, no, no commercials on the live. Watch, watch commercial free golf on the live. So on and so forth. So I, I, I don't necessarily like, I don't.
0: You don't need it, but the tour needs it.
1: The live golf.
0: yeah. You as the viewer who's going to watch either way, Hunter, you'll sit through a minute and a half of commercials. If it's on TV on Sunday morning or whatever, anyway you're not going to not watch because they're all of a sudden you have to watch one commercial for Rolex and one for Cialis.
1: Yes, that's, that's possible. I I think it definitely gives me a reason not to watch more than I have now because YouTube is very easy to to work.
0: I, my point is only that only certain percentage of your potential audience is going to seek you out on a platform that they're not don't customarily use people still t- see what's on tv quote unquote what's on tv particularly on daytime weekends you know they're what they were watching america's watching a lot of live sports programming so that's a that's a flipper up and down the dial thing that's not a well let me get my compute laptop out and or let me go over to youtube and, you know, like people 50 plus, 60, and this is not a lot of that.
1: Yeah, and I don't I don't know if that's necessarily their target market
0: is that age.
1: I don't think it's like, I don't, I don't remember last time I flipped through the ch- channels on, if you have cable, I can see you doing that. But if you have YouTube TV, like, you know what you're going. I don't ever go to YouTube TV not knowing what I want to watch. I go to YouTube TV because I know something, else, it... something is on.
0: Okay, but you've got executives stepping down. They're apparently going to get a broadcast deal. They're potentially want to replace Greg Norman. If it is a put up or shut up and they needed to start making more money, they need the, as much audience as they can get. They can't be picking and choosing this saying, Well, we're primarily going to be a popular on YouTube TV or whatever. Like that's not going to work for the kind of advertisers who they're going to go after who, by the way, you know, they want to sell do use that F one model and sell these teams. So it's not team ding bats. It's team Mercedes or whatever.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I get that. And I, <clears throat> I just don't know. If, I don't know who's going to give them a TV deal. Aren't they going to be paying for it?
0: Fox is going to do it. Yeah. I always said from the beginning, It sounds like this is just <laughs> tailor made for Fox, the Saudi wealth fund. Yeah, they'll does. never be able to pass that up.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. Probably true. And I don't know. I'm. I feel like I was. I was more. I was more high on live last year. And those besides Cam Smith, none of those guys really like, really moved my needle a ton. And now with all these, with these elevated events or whatever they're being called on the PJ tour, um. There's like less and less reason to to tune into something like that, unless they just start getting some really good golf courses and then you're tuning in for, to see the golf course, but that's, that's not, yeah. not exactly sustainable.
0: Yeah, agreed. And I think once they get on TV, it's going to make a huge difference in the, in, the, in the competitive landscape between these two tours. I really do. I think it's going to make it harder for the tour to not allow to try to keep these guys out of majors. I think it's going to be harder for official world golf rankings system to, you know, kind of make an example of live. I mean, they just gave world golf ranking points to some other random tour. I'm sure you saw that. Yeah. Speaking of world golf,
1: did you see John Roms? Didn't John Rahm have some comments about the, the world
0: golf rankings after, Oh geez, After he's getting into win. that now too. This is like a Palm Springs moment.
1: This is he, he, him, and the World Golf Rankings don't seem to get along.
0: He say he's kind of abrasive. Oh yeah, I'm trying to who see. are his friends on tour?
1: Good question. Question. So John the from from Brent, uh, Brentley Romine, John Rom wins at Kapalua and goes nowhere in the Official Golf World Rankings. I mean that's a pretty good field,
0: pretty good field ahead
1: Kapalua. I'd say so I don't know how he doesn't move
0: he's at where is he right now number two uh, I think number three three seven. Scheffler has like from winning all that I don't know how that <laughs> that's got to be waning a little bit but he just keeps like tying for eight anyway so he keeps adding to his points he's too. all the way at five John round.
1: that's dumb because he, because like that, that's what I don't get about the world golf rankings. Because if I were
0: him, I'd be moaning and groaning about that too. Are they not giving the appropriate number of points? He just won the DP World Tour Championship, right?
1: Oh yeah, they they the got the actual like, event. They got like so few points for that. I mean, that's, that's Why where this whole world golf rankings thing started? I think was was bad. Oh,
0: yeah, well, he's won three times in October, November, December, January—four months less than that. I <clears throat> probably wouldn't be psyched about that either being number five nobody else has won that many times in that time period have they no i mm-hmm. can just tell you from memory they haven't no the only one would maybe be rory but i don't know does the tour championship does that count
1: yeah depends i it guess,
0: it, depends it guess it, it kind of counts yeah so goofy is that why the DP World Tour shouldn't to get too far into the weeds? Is that why the DP World—I don't know the format for that. Is that why they don't get a lot of world golf ranking points?
1: I assume it's just—it's just the the DP st- World Tour in general strength of schedule or strength of field. I would think was probably just not as high as as what it would be on the PJ Tour. But I don't have—I don't have. Well,
0: the... I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look into that story. Yeah. <clears throat> That's interesting to me. I knew it couldn't be that accurate. That's why I had to be careful. Weighing that too too heavily as a as a better too. Sometimes it's good practice to look at world golf ranking next to the odds board and just see if there's really any, you know, like something that just doesn't add up, right? I'm trying to find a quote from him, but you got to be careful with those world golf rankings points too. But discount players who you're probably gonna, we're <clears throat> more likely to sneak up on you anyway to begin with, so you'll miss guys you weren't looking for.
1: So he he said uh, after his win on Sunday, will I pass Patrick Cantley, who is world number four? Because since the FedEx Cup playoffs, I've won three times, and I don't get close to him. So I'm trying to understand what's going on. In my mind, I feel like since August, I've been the best player in the world. Earlier in the year, clearly Sky Shelfer was that player. Then Roy McIlroy, the current number one player in the world. And I feel like now it's been me. Anybody, any given year can get hot. Get what does that say? Get a hot three, four months and get to that spot.
0: (laughs) I it's spot the lie. Uh, You can't. Don't you think he's right?
1: Yeah, the and that's that is what really gets me going about this stupid world golf rankings. Like, just it's an eye test. Like, it's not like we're not. It's not rocket science. We. you can, you can tell who the best player in the world
0: is. <laughs> Let's make it the Hunter golf ranking. Yeah, That's what I want. Let's just personalize it. I love how Rob made it personal. Will I pass Patrick Cantlet? <laughs> not will I move up to number four, but he's like, there's a bum. I have one spot ahead of me. Have you guys not seen this? I'm still behind him. Yeah. Ridiculous. Patrick Cantley never plays. No. I mean, how is he number four?
1: I honestly don't know. When and I... He
0: never plays well in majors.
1: The... <laughs> If you were to like if you were to do like the like the find the find the 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 thing that doesn't belong in the top five, Rory, Scotty, Cameron Smith, Patrick Cantley and John Rahm, I think you're gonna point out you're gonna point out Patrick Cantley. I don't know how Cam yeah. Smith
0: a, Patrick Cantley's is really good, but it's proof to how good
1: Cam Smith was playing because somehow he like has not moved at all. Yeah. When, when you see these perhaps. guys just tumble down the, the World Golf rankings in the live tour and Cam Smith has not moved an inch since he joined the tour. He might've moved more. He might've been two when he joined.
0: All right. So real quick, let's talk about, you want to talk about last night's game? Yeah. Okay. I credit to me. I think I mentioned at the top, I finally got a bowl game, right? It didn't take a lot of genius. In my opinion, no offense, to the TCU backers to see some of that coming. So the Georgia spread was kind of inevitable. And then I heard a lot of sharps telling, telling us to hit the over I don't think they saw 65 7, but 72 is greater than 63. So I went to sleep, air quotes, <laughs> as a happy man last night. I don't sleep because my baby doesn't sleep. But I went to I went and laid down in my bed very pleased that Georgia had had helped my bank account. However, let me just say that I was probably as sick as Tom Hoagie during that game. Who had to sit there in the stadium and watch his horned frogs get run over, just like I watched Michigan get run over in Miami by that same team last year in the semifinal? Because there is no way, no way, zero chance Georgia beats Michigan sixty-five to seven last night, just as they couldn't beat Ohio State sixty-five to seven. We played our maybe our worst game of the season and the most important game of the season, and we are in that way responsible for ruining the night of much of the country last night. Whether you were an innocent bystander not pulling for either side or you were a TCU backer, you could literally turn that game off five minutes in and move on to something else. That's how bad it was.
1: It almost it was it was almost so bad that it got good again going into the fourth quarter where I thought like I was like let's let's try for eighty I thought that was honestly <laughs> I thought that was on the table they were they were running the clock out by just running the ball down their throats it was it was like I I don't think I'd ever seen anything like it where TCU had just fully given up there were t- where it just didn't look like they wanted to tackle anymore like they were they they had had their season was done in the first quarter because there were some runs in that, in that third and mostly the third quarter where it looked like there were about four or five TCU guys that could have at least attempted to tackle the running back and nothing. It was so that I did. I did in start to enjoy it towards the end just to see how big of a a margin of victory it was going to be the biggest of all time, obviously by uh, a fairly substantial mark. I think the the highest ever was thirty eight points, because I looked. I had to look it up. Of it, rate in sync of when the game was ending. So new new record for uh, biggest biggest uh, differential in points in a bowl game, and I think we have to have a very serious conversation with ourselves about how bad the Big Twelve is at football. We can't we can't keep allowing the me. Big Twelve to play in any kind of. I know they beat Michigan. Which is which isn't helping my argument, but the big That's yeah, on us. The big not 12 a, gets absolutely anytime they play in any of these, these I, all I think about is like Oklahoma just getting their Yeah, doors Oklahoma's
0: blown off had a really tough time.
1: Every time sure. they play in these things. There may be an SEC bias, but it's like it's well deserved at this point. Like they are the Alabama I'd rather watch Alabama play Georgia again than watch Georgia play TCU and just steamroll them.
0: Yeah. Well the the thing is the Georgia Ohio state game was great. The semifinal. I mean Georgia barely won that game.
1: Yeah.
0: What people may not understand is there is such a massive difference. A glacial difference between the football program at TCU and the football program at Ohio State. Ohio State along with maybe like a USC is among the very few teams anywhere in the country outside of the SEC who have the resources, wherewithal, to actually compete with the Alabamas and Georgias of the world for a possible national championship. You nearly saw how State beat Georgia. Yeah. But this is a real problem as we expand the playoffs. We have to be really careful about how we do that, and these teams at the top need to get buys, which I think and then you also have to be careful that you don't make these weaker teams also hurt and fatigued by having to play too many games before they play a Georgia or an Alabama or a whoever it may be, because the games are going to get worse. I mean the game like it was like they needed a mercy rule last night and it was a national championship game like it was embarrassing for the sport in a lot of ways now you saw one of the great probably one of the great college football teams maybe ever and so in a lot of ways we're celebrating georgia and the accomplishments of kirby smart and that university which is great but georgia ohio state As a final Georgia, even even Georgia, Michigan when Michigan's behind Ohio State in the way that I'm talking about with these resources and the talent stuff, even though we've rung their bell two years in a row. But like, you know, it's just I don't know how you handle that as you expand the play.
1: I don't think there's I don't think there's an easy way to do it. I mean, I think we just we just saw last night a little glimpse into what it's going to be like, where it really felt like it was a a very good varsity team playing against a very so-so JV team. Like there was just nothing. The they were bigger, faster, and stronger, and every single position on the field. There wasn't like a single where I felt like, "Oh, TC might win that battle." There was not one of those. The a number of t- <laughs> Max Duggan, that poor guy, was running for his life.
0: The yeah he, he, by about the second <laughs> possession he, he looked actually scared
1: rightfully so i mean he was just getting he was just so shell-shocked and when he clobbered every other play
0: yeah like when he threw the pick when he kind of had room and that that guy was kind of open down the field and he overthrew him by just this is still the first quarter i think like like 10 yards probably the, the georgia Defensive back, I think it was a safety, was well behind the receiver, still had to jump up and try to – the throw was so far off. And it was just obvious that, like, he was so uncomfortable just a couple plays into the game because they took a couple – I watched this in Miami, like I said, with Michigan and Georgia. And Georgia just came in like, let's absolutely kill these guys. And Michigan came in like, let's see how this goes. And boom, the game was over.
1: Yeah, I Because
0: work. when you got five and four stars at every position and they're better prepared and more aggressive, you're not you're not digging yourself out of that hole, which is why I think the game for with Michigan this year would have been better with Georgia because they had been there. Like they they'd be like we played this team basically before, you know, I think I still think we would have been we would have lost by at least a couple of touchdowns, but you know. That was just an unfor—it's unfortunate to it. it. Literally, I was almost longing for the days of the BCS. Dare I say this, where just the coaches pull, AP poll, the BCS system picks the two best teams after the end of the year, because at least the two best, you probably avoid what you had. TCU was never going to be number two. No, I wonder. So, like, if- I don't know how much better it would have been, but last night was awful.
1: It was not. It was not the uh, the best. If. If Ohio State doesn't make that game competitive with Georgia and Georgia wins by we'll say like two or three scores, but it's like a convincing never really a chance for Ohio State. Do you think do you think O T C U then at least has like a fighting chance? I think like Georgia kinda got their bell rung a little bit in the semifinal game, they're like like oh crap, we better like we better like wake up a little bit. And at, for sure. that, at that point they were like, Focus, focus, focus. I think if, if there was a little bit yes. of a sleepwalking in that semifinal game, yes. it's almost like Ohio, totally, Ohio State cost TCU a chance in this game more
0: than In some ways, yes, I said that last week. I was like, I just think Georgia, having gotten through this game now, there's no way they're not ready for the next one because like they feel like wow we got lucky or we got you know we got away with not playing our best game. So in the next one, we definitely have to play our best game, and they were literally they were basically perfect. Yeah. They were, they executed so well on offense. They're so well coached and then they're enormous. They're so much bigger than ever, which I remember from last year in Miami when they Fields took the team out. was like, oh, they are, they're much bigger than us and we're not faster than them. No. So this could be a real problem.
1: To your point about the BC or the BCS going back to that, I think TCU could go down as the worst finalist in any national championship game of any sport ever. They won so many close games in the big 12 where like they were, like, they were like losing backs against the wall several times this year. And somehow they squeak out all these wins. And then finally like they just make the magic has to run out at some point.
0: Yeah. It was a really reality check there at the end, which we've seen kind of in like, it was reminiscent of some of the March madness runs in men's basketball where like these smaller schools just like kind of the matchups work out and they just keep sneaking through and maybe a bigger program kind of gives a game away. Like Michigan gave the game to TCU, you know, two red zone turnovers and two pick sixes. And then you're, you know, like all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh, how did this team make it this far? And then they meet a superior opponent who's fully prepared and executes well. And it gets kind of out of hand.
1: I'm kind of thinking I'm like, my my mind instantly goes to Michigan state versus Alabama. Like the first playoff, oh. the first playoff game where like Michigan State comes in off a high, beating Michigan and Ohio State, and then they just get dominated, <laughs> all three sides of the ball, really, really bad. And that's yeah. kind of what it felt like last night. But like I said, I was I watched the whole thing because of how bad it got. Like if it would have just it his, like it
0: was his, it was historic in yes. the sense of like, well, wow, I'm probably never going to see this again.
1: No, if it was like twenty eight to seven, I probably would have turned it off. Like. Thirty-five or seven, I probably would have turned it off. But when we get into sixties, I got to keep that. I got to keep that on. See yeah, that a was pretty
0: wild. Well. Um, all right, take us through. I want to get to the Sony. Obviously, we don't want to talk much about the Sony. Um, but the U.S. Open uh, venues now set all the way through twenty twenty nine.
1: Yeah. So we really, really, really solid list of of courses we have through the remaining remaining years of the twenty twenties tell me which course you think is the worst course because the course that I think is the worst is actually is like a dream course I'd love to play. So starting in 2023 LA country club. And then let me see if I can find it. Cause I, this is just listing. I'm not sure if this is an order. Let me see if I can just find it real quick.
0: I don't really know if I can like, can we re- can we take LA country club just out of it? Cause I don't know anything about that course. I can't even say that I want to play there, that I think it's good, bad, and different. anything. I don't know. I don't know the first thing about it. And how many freaking good golf courses do they have in that city?
1: Yeah, there's a few Bel
0: Air, days. Riviera. And we're playing a U.S. Open at L.A. Country Club. Like they're not going to have a U.S. Like isn't Riviera better than L.A. Country Like, uh, are they all that good? I've heard people say Bel Air, people who are very good and love golf, say that Bel Air is one of their favorite courses. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. All right. What do you got? Okay.
1: So 2023 is LA Country Club. 2024 is Pinehurst Number Two. Uh, 2025 love is Oakmont. 2026 is Shinne- Shinnecock Hills. 2027 is Pebble Beach. 2020 2020- not as much. 2028 is Wingfoot, and 2029 is. This is where it says it's Marion, but then the. Website I'm re- reading says that that's actually 2030. So, <laughs> so I'm not entirely-
0: Marion is Marion is sweet. They have the uh basket flags, yep, the wicker flags. Justin Rose won a US Open at Marion. Um, I love all those venues. Pebble, Pebble Beach, probably my least favorite, but I do like the fact that they put a short co course in the US Open Rota. They need to go west. Um, you know, predominantly those those are northeastern venues, right? Uh, southeast, Pinehurst, but it's a lot of the same. So I'm fine with going to Pebble every once in a while, but that is probably technically my least favorite. Oakmont would be my favorite.
1: Yeah, no, I'm 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 very pleased with, then, like you said, Pebble is the only one that I I'm not sold on. Um, I wish they would move. I don't know where they'd move it to, but I wish it was more. It's, it's so coastline. Everything's on the coastline, whether it's west or east. Nothing. Oh, you want something in the middle of the country?
0: I'd like, you know that's a good idea.
1: I'd like the Midwest to be, a, or not even the Midwest, just the middle of the country to be a little bit more represented.
0: Well, the air was the Aaron was the Brooks at Aaron Hills. Was that an Open or a PG as a PGA?
1: PGA, I think.
0: Yeah, you know it's interesting that like we play a lot of golf in Texas on the PGA Tour, never play a major championship there. Now it was nice to go to the Southern Hills. Get to that area of the country that felt different and fun compared to some of what we're used to. But that being said, I loved Harding Park too when we played the When Colin won the PGA there, I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. That place looked amazing, and we talked about how the PGA would be smart not just they should definitely do match play, but they could do all public courses too.
1: That would be that's where I would like to see, like for the, in the sake of the name, the U.S. Open, I would like it to be at
0: Muniz. I think so you want like, the uS open at Munis? I think that'd be a nice even little better, yeah, I think that'd even be a nice, a
1: nice little touch. I think they are all I think
0: it's, at private country clubs none of us can ever play.
1: yeah, I think it's so. a very cool I think it's very cool when you watch something on golf or watch something on TV, golf on TV and you can say you can actually like feel like you could go play there at some point in your' life or
0: or if you have played there, yeah, and then they like I, why do you think I have such affection for the farmers? mm-hmm. I've played Tories more often than I've played any other PGA tour venue. So I love it. I mean, I love Harbertown. It's so much more fun watching professional players play a golf course that you've played that you can remember. My ball was over here. I hit this shot. Now, some of that memory fades over time. But all right, we don't have a ton of time left. Should we get into the Sony? Yeah. All right. I love the Sony. You love the Sony?
1: I like nighttime golf. So yeah,
0: I'm all for it. Do you remember, uh, do you remember while from golden tea? You
1: are, you're definitely aging, you you're definitely be. aging yourself a little bit. Golden tea was I think not
0: quite,
1: too... <laughs> not quite as popular when I was a, a youngster as maybe when you were. Um, it was, it was definitely phasing. I was going to say, it was this more, in like be retro, your time. more in like the okay, retro, more in the video game section at that
0: point. For the rest of us, for all you sane adults out there listening to this, all three of you. <clears throat> Everybody knows why I lie, because that's like the default course on Golden Tee. That is, that is why I lie. And it's sweet. And Golden Tee is an all-time game that I hope to one day have in my basement. If things work out well on this podcast, takes off like I know that it should. Uh, past winners at the Sony Open. Hideki Matsuyama. Last year... Do you remember that Hunter when he hit that three wood in the playoff after Henley melted, kind of like Morikawa melted this week?
1: Yeah, one of the best three woods right into the sun. Yeah, that's like a, that'll be one of the shots you remember for. Well, I don't even know how to be able to imagine that shot when you can't see the shot. Was pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, and no, I hit like a circle slice that landed soft as can be, right next to the hole, and rolled up to like three feet while Henley was whacking it around because Henley never should have been in the playoff. Uh, he should have won outright. He played great on the front and then just couldn't bring it home. Um, year before that is now departed. <laughs> not departed from the earth, but <laughs> departed from the PGA Tour to live. Kevin Na, as well as Cameron Smith, the year before that. Um, Kuchar in 2019, Kazire 2018, JT won here in 2017. Fabian Gomez, kind of the one longer shot. Uh, way at 101 in 2016. Jimmy Walker won twice in a row in 15 and 14. Henley did win back in 2013. Uh, and Johnson Wagner won the year before that. So I think Jimmy Walker kind of typifies, you know, like I think there's a clear, there's a couple options here in terms of a player type that you're looking for. Some of these guys are great putters Kevin uh nah, Cameron Smith, Pat Kazire. Uh, and some of these guys are Jimmy Walker. And some of these guys are elite iron players, approach players. Hideki, uh, also Cameron Smith now, maybe not so much but back in 2020, uh, JT, Henley. So uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at this week. This course is short. It's going to be a lot of short irons into the green. The driver the off the tee game is not much of a concern. You don't have to scramble a ton. It's a sweet course, the Seth Rayner golf course, but it is easy. So the main defense is wind, and it looks like the conditions are going to be relatively mild. Mm-hmm. So um, some of the notable guys who have who have had runners up runners up here lately, Chris Kirk has two, back in twenty fourteen, and then again in twenty twenty one, uh, finishes one stroke back of Kevin Na. He's in the field this week. He's a hundred to one. Uh, Andrew Putnam was runner-up here. Well, Kuchar won by four in 2019, um, but Putnam was runner-up. He's been playing some really good golf lately, um, and he's also got some pretty soft odds. I think he's in like the 60-65 range. Um, I'll take you through the course history here real quick. But I think really you're looking at – you can trust the tournament history here for sure because we've been playing the same damn course for however long it's been. Um Connors in the last this is the last five editions, Connors has gained the most strokes by a hair over Hideki. They've each played four the last five years. Kazire is next. Um Webb Simpson is really interesting this week. He's 7400 dollars on DraftKings. He's like 65 to 1 or something. This guy was fourth year in 2018, third in 2020, fourth in 2021, 61st last year, and by all and like he he kind of stinks now. He has not recovered his form that he lost when he got injured. Is this the kind of place, given that he hasn't played in a few months, is he healthier, is he playing better? Because you can fire him, like fire away, and Giraffe Kings is $7,400 and get a player that's far more valuable than that if you think the course history will hold up and that he's he's been able to sort of recover. I think you're just kind of taking a flyer because you don't know. But look at Morikawa. We were dogging Morikawa. I heard a lot of touts say, "I can't bet Morikawa again until he shows me something." And then he's, granted, he melted, but he's in the. I mean, he's in the lead essentially until the last hour and a half of the tournament. All week, you know, hit the, hitting the ball beautifully. So, I think that's sort of an interesting question. Kuchar's up here. Keith Mitchell, Chris Kirk, we talked about Brian Stewart from Jackson, Michigan. Russell Knox, Stewart Sink, Keegan Bradley up here. Brian Palmer, Brendan Steele was second and fourth before last year when he missed the cut. Uh Henley does have a couple of missed cuts mixed in there. His game's just up and down though. I have I have no reason to believe that uh he will not uh he will not play well this week. So those are some of the guys who have excelled here over the over the years. Let's take a look at the odds board, Hunter, shall we? Tom Kim, the betting favorite, by the way, which is fun to say. What a meteoric rise for Tom Kim. Off of everyone's radar, basically completely. Hey, did you know... In six months' time has ascended to be the betting favorite at the Sony Open.
1: Did you know that he, got, he had Christmas dinner with the Spieths?
0: I heard that there's a budding romance between the two of them, which is delightful.
1: Yeah, I heard that. I heard that uh, at the top and the bottom every hour of TV I watched this weekend.
0: Oh, really? Were they <laughs> You gotta watch golf on mute, dude. A yeah. singer is just he, he can't you just can't I just can't do it.
1: Yeah. No, but just he so just kept coming up every uh That's every time that they they brought him on television or brought him on the T V so screen. I heard that he had no dinner way. with the Speece and he babysat Jordan's kid and Yada, 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 yada. I go, goodness, great. We got something else. We have have to have something else we can talk about. It turns out there wasn't anything else to talk about because they kept talking about it.
0: <laughs> so Tom Kim leads the way at 11 to one. Sung J.M. right behind him at 14. Speed in the field this week at 16. Hideki, 18. Pretty soft. Pretty soft price for Hideki, folks. Uh, there has been, like I said, Jimmy Walker did win in back-to-back years here uh granted 10 years ago but uh harman is also 18 to 1 henley 20 connor's 22 now hoagie 25 horschel 30 to 1 your guy taylor montgomery 35 to 1 along with keegan bradley maverick McNeely, kh lee cameron davis matt Kucher, keith mitchell harris english adam scott all 40 to 1 siwoo kim jj spawn andrew putnam who well, I mentioned earlier, all forty-five to one. JJ played great last week. Did you see that untucked Hawaiian shirt thing he was wearing?
1: Yeah, I actually. I think that was
0: on Sunday.
1: No, no, it was
0: on Saturday.
1: Uh, I was thinking
0: even maybe Friday.
1: Oh, um, definitely. Did he wear two of them? He might have just had. It might have just been like the whole Hawaiian, the Hawaiian look. I was. People are people are are were so bent out of shape about that. Like who cares? The only thing that I didn't like was it didn't look like the shirt necessarily fit him. Like it looked like it was a little big.
0: Yeah, no, the shirt did not look good, but why were people why were people upset about it?
1: Because he didn't have a shirt tucked in.
0: Oh, come on. Are you serious? Justin Thomas was wearing the ugliest joggers out there on I think that was Saturday too. That might have been no, that was Saturday, I think. Yeah.
1: Those Grayson joggers. He was playing could with home on Saturday? E- yes.
0: Your guy home I had a great weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, those Grayson joggers can be yours for the low price of $3.99. 99.
0: Stop it! Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's
1: probably about what they are. That those that that Grayson clothing line is, that's is some so of the most dumb. Ex-
0: expensive stuff I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, well, I'll will never wear an article in their clothing then. J T. Poston, who I think is interesting here, Christian Bezudenhoit. Who I also think is interesting here, Alex Smalley, all fifty to one. Mac Hughes already a winner this year, fifty five. Kurt Kitayama, whose ball striking statistics are insane, fifty five to one. He's gonna win a tournament this year, I think. With Woodland, Gorillo's playing great. Denny McCarthy, I think, is going to be popular. There's Webb Simpson at sixty. Adam Svensson, I think, will play well this week. He's seventy five to one. Some of those guys. Oh, the other thing I forgot to mention: eight of the not, eight of the last nine Sony winners played the week before at at TOC, at Kapalua. So between the travel, the jet lag, the familiarity, the and just the skill relative skill level between those in the field and the tournament champions versus those not. Eight of the last nine. So I would look there first. And if you like Tom Kim this week. Like we talked about, if you like John Rahm, if you thought John Rahm was going to get it done, there's no number two, like 11 to one is still fine for this field for Tom Kim. He's that good. Like if you really like him, I don't love the two guys behind him. I mean, I think Sung Jae will play fine. I don't think Speed's going to win this golf tournament. Granted, I love Hideki, but that's every week. Harmon, I'm kind of iffy on. I did bet Connors, that was at 25. You saw I mentioned him as the as leading in the course history here, and I just think he he has the perfect game for the Team No Putt Central. Like flatter than average, slower than average grains, all about the irons. I mean that's a that's Corey Connors' jam. It's also Tom Hoagie's jam. Who's right behind him at twenty five to one, but less success here for Hoagie than for than for Connors. And then Hoagie has to overcome his his the defeat. At the the horn frog defeat at the hands of the uh, bulldogs. Um. So, like I said, I bet Connors. I <clears throat> also have some top twenties that I think are kind of interesting. But I do think it's again like last week. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think it's a great week for long shots. I think it's possible. Like I like Ben Griffin one fifty to one. I bet that. I think some guys like maybe some of the older guys like Michael Thompson, Lucas Glover, who have had good results here, might be able to squeeze in for top 40, top 30, top 20, something like that. But if you're looking at an outright, I would keep it. Yeah, you want to go back as far as maybe Poston, Grillo. We mentioned Webb. Certainly within the realm of possibility. not ever going to, if he wins, if Webb Simpson wins again on the PGA Tour, you will never get 60 to 1. Again, outside of a major championship on him, um, outside of a few of those guys, I would I would think our winner is coming from like Horschel and 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 shorter, maybe Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell has surprisingly good history here, forty to one. So I mean that might be a good top twenty. What do you so? What is your what is your mind's eye seeing this week, Hunter?
1: Uh, so I I went to one. I'm I'm kind of uh, this feels like a yearly thing that I do, but I feel like I'm I'm back on Brian Harmon. Uh, this week I saw even money to top twenty, uh, plus two hundred to top ten. He played well, well enough for the tournament champions. Um, and I think the fact that it's a short golf course, he's just going to make he's going to be in contention. So I really like yeah, Brian Harmon.
0: Yeah, much better course for him. And I think it just. I, goes... I do you think that? Go ahead. I
1: think it just goes with what you said about the seven or eight out of nine. I I, I, li- I limited myself to only looking at at those names. I do think that plays a huge factor into to who's going to win this week. N- not even. I think the the overall skill level of the tournament champion field is obviously a lot better, but I think it has a lot more to do with with the the break that a lot of these guys have been on, mm-hmm. um, and then just the time difference, the jet lag. The tournament juices, all of that, plays such a big factor. So I'm looking at like I, I don't, I like Brian Harmon. I like Tom Hoagie. I will not bet Tom Kim at at 11 to one, but I don't necessarily dislike it. I think it is going to be one of those guys that that ends up winning this week.
0: Yeah, and I think the top 20 numbers, like you mentioned, even money on Harmon. I see he's minus 105 on DraftKings. You're probably looking at FanDuel or Barstool Sportsbook, but, but there's. Like if you trust the history on Henley or Decky, they're both even or plus money to top 20. Yeah. If you like Hoagie this week, the irons for Hoagie are unbelievable. He led the field in approach at Tournament of Champions. That's how good his irons are. And he's short. So some guys were coming into the green for much closer than him. And he still led the field in approach. I mean, the guy is on fire with his irons. Now he just flew to go watch that his team get thumped and then went back. So that kind of has me nervous about clicking him. But like I said, I love Connors plus plus one fifteen. Uh Horschel, I think set up for a good bounce back week here. Cause nobody's going to be on him. I think he's probably a better daily fantasy play, but all plus money to top 20 this week. And I do think a lot of the premium players will have a good week here. You just have to be careful. You don't really stink it up with the putter. Cause you got to make a fair number of birdies. Yeah, I, I think so any, anybody up here who's not really struggling with their putter, like maybe I'll stay off Henley. But these other guys, I think, are pretty much all, you know, all safe. You know, all, there's reasons to back all of them.
1: Maybe that's why I'm leaning more towards Harmon and Henley, because I don't think if, if you're Tom Hogie, I don't think you can go watch that beatdown on Monday night and then expect to come back and play any good golf.
0: I sort of agree with that. like it's kind of a psycho take, like, but how can that matter? But like I think it matters. Like I, that sticks with you. you Maybe to... he'll feel like a freedom, but like someone whoever plays with him is gonna probably bring it up. People are gonna be talking about it. There's so many bulldogs in this field. If any of them are friends with Hoagie, you don't live down a 65 to seven defeat easily.
1: No, I mean, he just, he essentially just probably spent close to like $10,000 just to go get whomped (laughs) and then fly back.
0: But it's like, I I felt that way when we went to Miami last year. Are we going to win this game? Almost, almost certainly not. Is it still going to be worth it to go? Yeah. Let's just do it. It'll be fun. And he's got, he's, he had a decent year last year He probably made (laughs) 5 million bucks.
1: Yeah. So we'll see. I. Uh...
0: So congratulations to Corey Connors on winning the twenty twenty three uh, Sony Open and getting my year off to a hot start. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Nobody's going to be talking about nobody's talking about Corey Connors. It makes me love him. I never back Corey Connors. So ready to start off twenty twenty three with a bang, since we did not start off with a bang last week. Justin Thomas did not play well. He stunk.
1: Yes. Yeah, he did not uh, He did not perform up to expectations. You mentioned Max Homa. He, he is going to start winning golf tournaments in bunches. I really do think so. He, he just looks so much more comfortable than he did even like two years ago.
0: I can't wait to see him win player of the year this year, and have you not had the cojones, even though you really wanted to pick him, and you couldn't quite say it because you thought it was too far-fetched, and then watch, he'll go do it.
1: No, I think John Rahm's going to win that. John Rahm looks like he's on a different. Like I think it's I think it's him and Rory are starting to really separate
0: themselves. Yeah, it's too bad Cam Smith's not around because I think he's that good too. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, I and mean, that's we just saw. I just saw my first Masters commercial this weekend. I think, and I am. You mentioned at the beginning of the show. I am
0: very excited to see Cam, Cam Smith, Cam Smith will party. be in. I don't care how you feel about live. It's almost inconceivable to me that he will not be in contention in April. Yeah, it would be. I still don't think he's going to win. I think, because I think Rory's, I do think Rory's going to win, but it's going to be sweet. Mm -hmm. All right, good luck at the Sony. Thanks for joining us.
1: All right, see you later, guys.